It's your April 1st edition of Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. April 1st edition, not April Fools. We are subscribing to the call to cancel April Fools this year. And I'm, look, if you want to get rid of the uh, unofficial official holiday altogether, I'm for it. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not big on being fooled. I'm not big on scheming people. I, I could care less if we lost April Fool's practical jokes. Fine. I, I can get on board and laugh on it, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I feel like there's a lot of, a lot of wasted time that go into big, elaborate, practical jokes. I'm your host, Bo Brock. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Bob Brack, or don't tweet at me if you'd like. Tell me I'm a stick in the mud for not being big on April Fool's. I don't care. we got a big podcast for you today. Um, there were three games in 2019, three games that I think stand out, at least in my mind, and I think you'll agree, that would have changed how we perceive the Arizona Cardinals today. And why I think we're lucky that they went as they did and they didn't go in the favor of the Arizona Cardinals. Also, Todd McShay, Mel Kuyper Jr., they're on the same page on which prospect the Arizona Cardinals are selecting eighth overall and why you should absolutely fall in love with the pick. But first, will the Arizona Cardinals drop a new deal to compensate their new star wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins? and pay him like the top five wide receiver that he is. That's your Locked On Cardinals lead story. I'm your host, Bo Brock. Reports when the Arizona Cardinals struck the deal to bring star wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins to the desert in a package that included a fourth-round pick and sent running back David Johnson his bad contract and a second and fourth-round pick to the Houston Texans were that Hopkins wanted to restructure his deal and be compensated like a top three wide receiver. Arizona Cardinals president, chairman Michael Bidwell says he and general manager Steve Keim have discussed a new deal recently for Hopkins. While speaking with the media, Bidwell said, quote, I think when you look at DeAndre, he's certainly somebody who's playing at the top of his game. And I think Steve and I have had conversations about that, close quote. Hopkins still has three years, $40 million left on a deal that runs through the 2022 season. Hopkins isn't even in the top 10 as far as 2020 cash earnings. He's 12th among wide receivers. Julio Jones is at the top at just over $22.2 million. Well, I have to go down 11 spots on the list and you'll find Hopkins at $12.5 million he'll earn in 2020. Hopkins is eight an average salary per season after signing a five-year, $81 million extension with the Texans a couple seasons ago at just over $16 million per year. In front of Hopkins on the list are wide receivers like Allen Robinson of the Chicago Bears, Jarvis Landry of the Cleveland Browns, and his teammate Odell Beckham Jr., Sammy Watkins, and T.Y. Hilton. While the top of the list, a lot of these players well-deserving. Julio Jones, of course, and Amari Cooper just got paid. He's making $20 million next season. While A.J. Green's going to make the third most at $17.8 million playing under the franchise tag for the Cincinnati Bengals, Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill round out the top five. Hopkins 12th on the list as far as cash earnings in 2020 at the wideout position and 8th on the list in average salary compensation as a wide receiver. Yet he's a consensus top 5 wideout. And in order to be compensated like one, he'll need a boost in his yearly salary to over $18 million per year. The Arizona Cardinals are no strangers to compensating their stars. They're not tight with their purse strings. You remember the contracts of Patrick Peterson at one point being the top paid cornerback in the league and continues to be 
around the top five. David Johnson is currently the second highest paid running back in the NFL. And during his tenure as Cardinals quarterback, Carson Palmer was always around the top five paid quarterbacks in the league. As with David Johnson's contract and Tyron Matthews was the Cardinals maybe overspent, put themselves in a tough position when player production dropped off. But regardless, they paid their stars for their production. And there's no doubt that that was part of the conversation when the team struck the blockbuster deal to bring Hopkins to the desert. It would be well worth the investment for the Arizona Cardinals to keep their new star wide receiver happy and couple him with quarterback Kyler Murray. Hopkins, the four-time All-Pro, four-time Pro Bowler, 8,602 receiving yards, is the second most receiving yards for a wideout turning 28 in the Super Bowl era. He's only behind some guy named Randy Moss and just ahead of a guy named Larry Fitzgerald. Top three in receiving yards and receiving touchdowns since entering the NFL in 2013 out of Clemson and is one of three players with 100-plus receptions in the last two seasons. When you look at DeAndre Hopkins' stats, he's only fallen short of 1,000 yards receiving once outside of his rookie year. That was in 2016, and he was just 46 yards short And most of that season was played with Brock Osweiler at the quarterback position. Last season, Nook played in 15 games. He had 104 catches for 11,065 yards and seven touchdowns. Previous to that, he was over 1,500 yards receiving with 11 scores. And the year before that, 1,300 yards and led the NFL with 13 touchdowns. At the moment, the Arizona Cardinals aren't exactly armed with a whole lot of cap space for the 2020 season. But Steve Kime and Bidwell can certainly go back to the negotiating table and secure the bag for the future and keep their new bona fide star wide receiver happy and paid like a top wide receiver that he is, which is well worth the investment. And the trade for DeAndre Hopkins has many draft experts having the Cardinals pivot on which direction they're going with the eighth overall selection. Todd McShay, Mel Kuyper of ESPN, they're on the same page as far as who they think the Cardinals will select. I'll tell you who it is and why you're going to fall in love with the prospect. I'm Bo Brock. It's Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network. If you've been a listener to this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you might not know that Locked On Cardinals is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Cardinals fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener. A Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Cardinals fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, then let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. There are a couple non-football topics during Michael Bidwell's media availability, you know, outside of the DeAndre Hopkins contract discussion that I think we need to pay attention to. Uh, the main takeaway is that the Arizona Cardinals are certainly doing their part during these surreal times. They hosted their first of three blood drives at State Farm Stadium. Also, Bidwell was talking about Phoenix Police Commander Greg Carnicle, who lost his life recently on the job. Uh, just be weeks before he was going to retire, and Bidwell made a $50,000 donation towards 
the family. And, um, you know, I, you have to appreciate this organization. We talk about the missteps as far as, you know, roster management or mismanagement. But as far as the organization and the way it conducts itself in its home and how it takes care of the Phoenix residents in the surrounding communities, um, I, I really appreciate it. I think Michael Bidwell certainly has his finger to the pulse of that, and the organization uh, is one of the tops in the league as far as I'm concerned in the way that it, uh, it operates within the community of Phoenix and Arizona. And I think that needs to be paid more attention to as we've navigated and maybe said some unflattering things about the organization amidst some losing seasons. So big tip of the cap here from this podcaster. It's Bo Brock. It's Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Give me a follow on Twitter at Bob Brock. Follow my co-host, Alex Clancy. He holds things down Tuesday and Thursdays here at Clancy's Corner. In just a few moments, I want to get into the conversation about three games from the 2019 season that could have broke in a different direction. And we could be sitting here talking about the Arizona Cardinals in a very different light than we currently are. And look, the Cardinals, they've got a lot of hype behind them. They're a trendy team. We talked about it on Monday that the team is one of those that could be a sub-500 team that makes their way to the postseason next season. But there are three moments in particular that I think Arizona Cardinals fans need to realize that if they go a different direction, we're talking very differently about this organization. But first, Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay, they're churning out draft content on a daily basis for ESPN. And if you look at their most recent mock drafts, these two draft analysts, experts, whatever you want to call them, glorified weathermen, uh, they are on the same page as far as who they think the Arizona Cardinals are going to select eighth overall. And that, that's been a different tune, not necessarily for a guy like McShay, and I don't think for Kuyper. I'm trying to remember who he had the Cardinals pre-Hopkins trade selecting, but I think they both were on the same page as far as the Cardinals going offensive line and addressing that need more so than the C.D. Lamb uh, selection that a lot of mock drafters had. And in their most recent mock drafts, McShay and Kuyper have the Arizona Cardinals selecting eighth overall out of Iowa, the mountain of a man, Tristan Wirfs. I agree with McShay. I agree with Kuyper. That is the selection there, and it's becoming trendier and trendier. I participated in a recent mock draft. He wasn't there for the Cardinals at eight, and that would be a bummer because I think Wirfs is the consensus guy. I like that Jedrick Wills has right tackle experience because Tua is a left-hander, and his blind side's on the right side instead of the left side that we're we're used to seeing uh, because most quarterbacks are right-handed. But Wirfs is a guy that you can just plug and play. And if you want to know more about Wirfs, check out the write-up on him today on ESPN.com. You will be wowed by this kid. Here are the cliff notes on the story from ESPN today. He played in the college football state semifinals, then immediately dropped 40 pounds, 40 pounds, to get down to 285 and won the Class 2A state wrestling championship. He had over 400 as he dabbled dabbled playing baseball, hit tape measure home runs. He was riding his bike at three years old. He was winning swimming medals at five, and he learned to ice skate when he was seven. He's got a great personality. He played multiple sports growing up and excelled in each and every sport. 
And he comes from offensive lineman U, basically, Iowa, which has produced 17 draft picks at the position since Kirk Ferentz took over in 1999. couple of his stats from his combine, which he did not disappoint. He had a 36.5 vertical jump. He ran a 40-yard dash in 4.85 seconds, the fastest time from a 320-pound player since at least 2006. This guy is an absolute monster. And if he's there at eighth overall, the Arizona Cardinals need to get him. They need to bolster their offensive line. If you look at if they do that, and you look at the additions, the Arizona Cardinals they took weaknesses that they had across the board at wide receiver on the offensive line. If they select Werfs and on their defense, and they found impact players across the board, and I think it's you're noticing here. And Alex talked about it yesterday as far as the potential of trading down and collecting more assets. And do you even trust Steve Keim if you give him more assets? But here you have the consensus top tackle in the draft. And you just added one of the consensus top three wide receivers. Don't you realize that these impact players, that sometimes that's that's way more valuable than turning one pick into two? And Steve Keim, if you look at his history as far as trading down, you look in the draft, you can point to Dayon Buchanan. The team traded out of, what, 27th overall. Uh, instead, the Saints, they used that pick to take Brendan Cooks. He was 20th overall in the Cardinals. They got 27th overall, and they took Dayon Buchanan, and they turned the third-round pick that they acquired from New Orleans, and they used that to pick up John Brown, who was who had a great start to his career. And he's, he kind of had a resurgence in Baltimore and absolutely last year in Buffalo. And that's probably the one exception to trading down where Steve Kime has had success because it's a crapshoot. But if you can get a guy at eighth overall that you can absolutely plug in on your offensive line right away and not only, you know, make an impact right now, but also be the future, the cornerstone of protecting Kyler Murray and Tristan Wirfs, then you do it. Wirfs is going to make an impact next season. When you look at the rest of the when you look at the rest of the prospects, you know, Andrew Thomas, Mackay Becton, you know, Thomas in the group of four, he's probably fourth ranked out of these prospects. Mackay Becton, yeah, absolutely a little bit more size than Wirfs, but He's a, he's a project. He's going to be more raw. He's going to be more in the form of DJ Humphreys, who had the nickname Knee Deep, because that's what coaches felt like they needed to put their foot up in the depth that they needed to put their foot up his behind to get their point across. And then there's Jedrick Wills. As I mentioned, he's got the experience on the right side because Tua was left-handed. That's why he's playing right tackle, not left tackle. And you could plug him right away into in the right tackle position. But I think Werfs just edges him out as far as just being a complete, just freak athlete. Now, the Arizona Cardinals, they're selecting eighth overall because they went 5-10-1 in the 2019 season. That If the ball breaks a certain way, if the Cardinals are able to avoid just a few mistakes during the 2019 season, they're maybe not even picking in the top 10, but they have a different perspective on how we would view the team right now on April 1st, 2020. Three games that could have gone a different direction in the 2019 season that could have changed everything. I'll tell you what they were. That's next. It's Locked On Cardinals, part of your Locked On Podcast Network. So the latest out of the NFL is the schedule release is going to happen no longer, no later than May 9th. 
It's going to get pushed back a couple days. Originally, I think it was supposed to be late April. Now it's going to go back a couple weeks. But the Arizona Cardinals will know when their opponents are going to stack up for them in the 2020 season. Uh, if you haven't looked at, you can see who their opponents are. Um, you can look at, uh, there's fbsschedules.com, and it's got Cardinals future opponents, not only for the 2020 season, but for the 2021 and 2022 season. But this upcoming season, the Arizona Cardinals, of course, they have their division foes in the Rams, Niners, and Seahawks, which they play home and away against. And then they're going to play host the Eagles, Redskins, Bills, Dolphins, Lions, and they'll visit the Panthers, Cowboys, Patriots, Giants, and Jets in the 2020 season. So we'll see how those all come out. Looks like, or sounds like, of course, that they're going to be playing a game in Mexico City against the San Francisco 49ers. So that's one of their home games. But when you look at the 2019 season, and we're sitting here, we just talked about the Arizona Cardinals, Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay project Tristan Wirfs, the consensus top tackle, going to the Cardinals' eighth overall. Uh, And they could be in a very different position. And there are three games that I think we need to look at from the 2019 season and realize how close the Arizona Cardinals were to being a 500 team. They were 5-10-1. And it starts with game one where the Cardinals tied with the Detroit Lions in the season opener, Kyler Murray's debut, the 27-27 tie. And Tremaine Brock, late in that contest, the corner who was later in the season released and picked up by the Tennessee Titans only to be scorched in the postseason. Um, Brock had an opportunity to secure an interception that he could not, that it would put the Cardinals in a position to win that game. So right there, you would have started the season 1-0. and it, it would take your the tie off their record. There they are. They're sitting at 6-10. and the next game, I think that the Arizona Cardinals had an opportunity to win. And I'm not talking about just them versus their opponent. And you can look at the Carolina Panthers game where that was a that game had some hype where we thought the Arizona Cardinals were going to get their first victory of the season and they got they, they lost by 18. That game was closer than the final score indicates Carolina pulled away at the end. The Ravens, they played tightly. That was uh, a, a contest that was decided by uh, you know, it was 23-17. That was a six-point loss. Um, But then you look at this game against your former coach and Bruce Arians on the road in Tampa, and the Arizona Cardinals had a back-breaking late-game interception thrown by Kyler Murray with the team leading in a position to tack on points later in that contest. And right around, what, three minutes, he throws that brutal pick that gave the Buccaneers the opportunity to win that game, and they did. And then the very next week, there it was, was the other opportunity because if Kyler Murray doesn't throw that pass, if he holds on to that football or he throws it away and Zane Gonzalez is able to tack on another field goal who's very, very uh, uh, consistent for the Cardinals as their place kicker last year, as we said, they were 6-10. and 10. Now you're 7-9. and nine. Now you're 7-9. and nine. And then the very next week, the Arizona Cardinals, in what was a final of 36-26, in the final minute, the Arizona Cardinals, in a boneheaded play, gave up a huge passing catch from Jimmy G to Jeff Wilson Jr., 25 yards. He makes his way almost untouched to the end zone. 
giving the Niners the lead, and then the Niners able to tack on a, what, a special teams touchdown, and the Cardinals end up going from winning that game after a Kyler Murray 20-yard scamper to the end zone to losing, which would have evened their record to 8-8. Eight and eight. The Arizona Cardinals, outside of the Tremaine Brock drop interception against the Lions, the Kyler Murray late pick against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Jeff Wilson touchdown catch against the 49ers with under a minute to play were those three plays away from being 8-8. Eight 8-8 and eight. Eight and eight looks a lot different than 5-10-1, no doubt about it. And I think as an Arizona Cardinals fan, you can kind of take that with sigh of relief like this team very well could have been a 500 team obviously the breaks need to go that the the mistakes did happen plays weren't made and we can't change that but they're closer than maybe some people think and I think at this point eight and eight doesn't look too fun right when you're looking at where you would be drafting it's certainly does you're not going to be in the in line for a player like Tristan Wirfs. So absolutely the Arizona Cardinals are benefiting right now. I mean, the expectations were can Kyler play last season? They weren't, hey, are we going to contend for the division? Are we going to be able to be a 500 team? No. Can Kyler Murray play? He showed that he could. He was the NFL offensive rookie of the year. And but the fact that they were closer even more so than their record shows is is something that as Arizona Cardinals fans can kind of hang their hat on. Now the difference though is next season when there's what three and a half minutes left in the game and Kyler Murray is looking you know and he's diagnosing pass defenses and coverages that maybe he doesn't he doesn't make that throw and he learns from his mistake. He didn't seem to make that mistake later in the season. But, uh, you know, you obviously have to learn from those. You have to evolve. You have to learn to have that, how to know how to put games away. Not only Kyler Murray as the, uh, as the, the, the leader of this team, as the, as the quarterback, but as Cliff Kingsbury and how he manages the clock and how, you know, the defense responds and plays with a lead late in a the contest. They kind of they folded absolutely against San Francisco. They folded after Murray's mistake in Tampa Bay. And then, of course, we had the non-interception from from Tremaine Brock. But I just want Cardinals fans to know that they're closer than than their record even indicated. And then you look at the additions of DeAndre Hopkins and what they did on their defense with the defensive line and Jordan Phillips coming over on the interior of that defensive line and his nine-and-a-half sacks that he had with Buffalo last year and the seven sacks that Devon Kennard had with the Lions. And then the tackling machine that is Devondre Campbell – and what he could do as far as adding to that linebacking core and hopefully helping out covering tight ends. The Arizona Cardinals can develop and learn from their mistakes last season and the additions that they've made. They very well could be in the mix for a wild card or maybe even better in 2020. It's been a fun podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. Alex is going to be back with you guys tomorrow. But that's going to do it for me, Bo Brock, on this edition of Locked On Cardinals. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Draft Dudes.
Have a great day. Stay healthy. Stay safe. I'll see you guys on Friday.